podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Leeds That, the Euro special, and this is episode three. We've been keeping an eye on what's been going on with Leeds players, and actually James has kept a very close eye on uh, on a particular Leeds player. Just get straight into it, James. Where did you go? Uh, I went to that place down south where they all talk a bit funny. Birmingham? Yeah, a bit further than that. Actually, yeah, there's a few places where they talk funny. Yeah, Everywhere that isn't around here talks funny. I went to Wembley and, yeah, I mean, I felt dirty having a ticket for starters. It, I felt very dirty of how many admirers there were of Calvin around us as well. But, yeah, it was amazing to be back in a football ground, to be honest. Well, let's do a bit of Leeds news, Leeds catch up, because obviously there is some of that going on as well. And then we'll uh, then we'll have a good old chat about every, everything else. So, Patrick Bamford's got a new cardi. <laughs> yeah. I, so you, yeah, you spotted that as well. I thought it was, I thought it was a bit harsh, you know. The new training top, it's black and yellow, but yeah, they've they've chucked something over poor Patrick Bamford's shoulders to make him look like a, a very posh boy. I think it was a, a shoal. But they've got um, obviously the players that weren't away on international duty. I think is it the first day preseason next week or today or something silly. You know, Graham Smythe was saying that they're they're reporting back. I think it's either today or Monday, and that wow. Jack Harrison's not not back yet. Well, he's quarantining because he went to America, didn't he? And probably that that hench guy in Pervaders probably uh, quarantining somewhere or partying, dancing his dirty, disgraceful self, rubbing, gyrating against the women. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that could get you that that hench. To be honest, I think I might have to start doing some bump and grinded. <laughs> it's just like extreme zumba. <laughs> But they were talking about getting new faces in. The new face that has come in is uh, an academy prospect from Birmingham. What do you know about him? I know absolutely nothing other than he has a, a surname that is named after a beer. Foster's? Yes. Amari <laughs> Miller, I believe it is, isn't it? It's one of them where it's gone a bit sort of like, no one's really reacted to it on social media that we've signed him. Like Everyone's like, congratulations, good luck. But you've got to think it's not just a signing like we used to make of yesteryear where it's like, just buy a lot of players, gamble on them coming good. I think Bielsa's having a say in everything. So actually, could this be one that's in the under-23s but could potentially be involved? Who knows? So Matthew texted me and said, this Birmingham lad that we're signing is the first player to his knowledge that we've signed that was born after he and I got our season tickets in 2002. So fun oh. times. Oh man, that is weird. Getting old. Yeah, and then there's a new kind of membership scheme that's been launched. I didn't pay any attention to it because I've got a season ticket and I don't care. But for those who do care, because I think there's some important changes coming up. Tell us a bit about that. Is there? <laughs> I think, I think part of it is that they announced the ticket exchange. So if we can't go as season ticket holders, we can send it back. And members 
Um, it's a two-tier system whereby if you're in tier one, you've got a higher chance of getting the exchange tickets on the ticket exchange. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, there does have to be a bit more benefit because really the only difference is between uh, a season ticket and a membership at the moment are you can actually go to games on a season ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and I know, don't get me wrong, like memberships are important and we've had all this before and uh, the club, obviously, from a financial point of view, memberships help massively. So I think for them to get it working properly for to give people an opportunity is, is actually really important. Right. Well, on to the Euros then. And we've got a new club since we last spoke, as well as the uh, Bench Warmers Club. It's called the Pack Your Bags You Done Club. And uh, <laughs> there's a few of them. We're actually, well, to be honest, they're all in it, except for Lorente. So Lorente is still in the Bench Warmers Club because Spain have got a, a quarterfinal coming up this weekend. He, he doesn't seem to be anywhere near the, the reckoning for, I don't know what he'd have to do to, to get involved. Um, but you pack your bags club. Well, Poland finished bottom, so Click was sent home. Alioski, they finished bottom, they were sent home. Tyler Roberts, actually, that was it. Tyler Roberts came off the bench, didn't he? He got a, a cameo in the uh, the whooping that was handed down to them by the Danes. And the commentator said that Tyler Roberts had a brilliant season in that great lead side of last year. So I like that. So reflecting on Cock and uh, Lorente, you sort of think, have they come to Leeds deliberately to be under Bielsa to try and push to get in their international side? Because they're obviously on the fringes of that team and you think, what have I got to do to get in this this squad? And they're nearly there and you think, a full season under Bielsa and what will it look like for them? Could they be going to Qatar? Could they be playing every game in Qatar? Who knows? Well, the thing is, they played so many. When they were fit, they played so many of the games since joining Leeds for their international side. And then I think, so did Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts was number nine. And it feels a bit to me as though they had a preferred team. They were in the experimentals bits in the games that didn't really count for anything. And then when it gets down to the final reckoning, this is his team for, for each of them. And it's the same, which is why, I guess, when we get on to Calvin, brilliant, that it felt like he could have been like that. However, he is the guy so yeah, and Cox out, sadly. He was, well, not sadly at all. Brilliantly, <laughs> Cox gone. That was interesting because he posted a really long sort of message in German on uh, Instagram, which he doesn't normally do. I think if he had a posted in English, he may have got a bit of stick from uh, his usual English that he posts on there, a bit of stick from uh, his home nation. Again, uneventful tournament for him. But the main thing is these players have gone. They've been exposed to something huge and they've not picked up injuries so we'll take it and then we mentioned Janet actually he's out of contract there's nothing been announced he's on holiday presumably causing madness and maybe fixing the pandemic somewhere I don't know as it stands there's no kind of official word I was a little bit nervous on that until I also read that uh Messi is also out of contract today and hasn't signed anything. So I think um, our problems are a little less than Barcelona's maybe, but I don't know. I think something's probably going on behind the scenes and yeah, it'd be weird for us to let it get to this point without getting an announcement. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in the works. Well, there must be something in the works because we haven't said goodbye and we haven't said welcome back. So guess that one is watch this space. So Calvin Phillips for England. Wasn't he amazing? Tell us about it. Tell us everything. Uh, yeah, he, he was amazing. And it, I mean, first of all, it was weird being back in the ground. Like I say, it was at the end of the day, it was months and months of thousands of fans who were pent up from not being able to go to their own clubs and, and watch football. And, and then all of a sudden they've been unleashed on what is 
or what was one of the biggest games for the country on home soil in decades. So it was just the the atmosphere. I mean, we came in from um, we came in on the tube and we came from north to arrive at Wembley Park, and it was really quiet on the on the tube. But as soon as you got off the tube and you heard everyone arriving from elsewhere, the noise was just unbelievable. And, and you know, and you're talking like two or three hours before kickoff, and everyone was just well up for it. So inside the that sort of then permeated inside the ground and just didn't stop and it was just yeah it was just unreal and um i'm grateful for for being able to go to it because uh yeah it was just crazy but uh, phillips was absolutely immense you know he's just he does the simple things all the time and he does them so well if someone like calvin wasn't in that position you'd you'd think it would be it would cause a headache for for Southgate and I think that's why he loves him so much is because he just does everything that he needs to do very well and his energy is just you know yeah it's boundless because I mean right right up until well until final whistle there was a few players pulling up with cramp and Calvin was was still the one pressing hard still going for it and and you know trying to dispossess trying to dispossess them and uh yeah, he's he's so good to watch in an England shirt. It's it's really good. It's it's nice being able to see him in the flesh because you see all the running he does, all the effort he puts in for the team, and really good. I mean, obviously you weren't there. Just you didn't presumably you didn't just watch Calvin the entire time. Who attracted tra- anyone I tra- else? <laughs> I tried not to, but you find yourself watching him, him a lot because you do miss out on on. Well, I've missed out on that for a long time, but it was it was interesting because there's a lot of slagging off of Harry Kane, like a lot. And it felt similar to how, you know, I mean, they were a lot more, I guess the words, vociferous about Kane than I guess Leeds fans were about Bamford when he went for his bad patch. You know, when everyone was calling for Enketia to come on um, yeah. back in that back in the day. But it was another one of those where Southgate trusts him and he knows that Kane is quality. And you could tell that if he got a sniff at it, he was probably going to probably going to score a goal and that's why he's in there but I'd say to be honest like there was a lot of people that were very very harsh of him but he does look leggy he doesn't look right yeah I don't think Harry Kane's had the fitness that he wanted but he's a predator he will, he will still you know he's tucked it away at the end and done he's gonna start on Saturday he's he's the linchpin he's the captain and and the main thing is really regardless of what the fans clamor and say the boys uh, have every bit of faith in him, don't they? It's not just, you know, it's not just a public front. I think this is a very together unit and they believe in this this mission that they've got. It is weird seeing a team that is so different to Leeds, like how they play, that sort of try and keep possession and work the ball up the field by going back and then building up again. But then some of it just doesn't make sense because they do all that to keep possession, then pass it back to Jordan Pitford, who then smashes it up field for a 50-50 yeah. ball. So it's like, well, what was the point in all that? But so some of it I do you do raise questions about, but at this level against the teams that you come up against, it sort of makes sense have building from like a stur- sturdy defence to then when your attackers get the opportunity to to unleash them. But aside from all all that, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, a great, a great, there's just a great day <laughs> to be honest. If, if you accept that England is set up to be hard to beat and to nick chances, which we've, as Leeds fans particularly, we've come uh, quite accustomed to a certain brand of football and it's so different to that. But mm. if you ask, if you cannot accept it, then we are being very good at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're executing the plan really effectively. As hard a watch as it is at times, it is working for them. So, you know, if, they, if that's what Southgate's going to stick to, 
than fair play. But I mean, it's a bit harsh as well because he does change it up. You know, like Luke Shaw and Trippy ended up pushing for- further forward, and that's when we ended up scoring. But Southgate sort of said that we have to be careful about pushing that far up because if we do that, we then unlock ourselves for Germany to tap into us. So it, at the end of the day, he, he, in terms of tactics, he just got it spot on for, for sort yeah. of muting Germany and then trying to get, take, you know, create some decent chances for a world-class striker, strikers, forward players to, to score some goals. So Looking forward to Saturday. Do you think he'll set up differently against the Ukraine? Yeah, possibly. They should be absolutely shattered for this game, given that they had 120 minutes of football and, you know, they played uh, later in the day, slightly later in the day than us as well. So that bodes well for us. But I, I think we'll we'll still set up in a cautious manner because that's what he does, but probably a little bit more attacking, I would say, and hope. I think they, they're there for the taking. So, And I just want to give a quick shout out because the... That there's a lot of advice around travel. I had tickets to this game for the quarterfinal. We applied for the fixture, so maybe three or four years ago. So it was just a weekend in Rome as the last as a quarterfinal tie. You got randomly allocated it. Then we found out fixtures, so we knew that if England won their group, it progressed. It would have been an England game. And then it got moved from last year to this year. We knew that we wouldn't be able to travel, so we sent the tickets back. But my brother, who lives in the Netherlands, has been there. Um, he would have been coming originally and he would have been coming to some of these games at Wembley with us but he has been uh, successful in applying and getting a ticket as a English expat Go on, eligible Stig. to travel to the game I'm so chuffed for him that is, that is great news he'll have a, a wonderful time if he gets there I'm chuffed for him and I'm also chuffed for my bank balance because Matthew had us <laughs> all flying to Ibiza for a mutual watch along which is stupidly legitimate um <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, it's brilliant for him. And it's great to feel like we're represented at a game that we feel like we should have been at because we, we, we've had three years of looking forward to that game. And uh, great that someone's going to get to go. But if you um, if we win at the weekend, if, big if, and we then are back to Wembley for the semi-final, you've got yourself a little ticket, haven't you, Paul? Yeah, there's a few cheeky tickets going about. So we will see circumstances, etc permitting there is a uh, a bit of hope for the fact they'll be at Wembley then and uh, you never know what they release in terms of allocations for the final etc because there's still plenty of tickets to be sold for that the ones they're trying to pedal at the moment are 600 or 900 pounds so we'll probably leave that one and wait and see uh, well we're counting chickens here aren't we so let's uh, see how Saturday goes and hopefully we'll get a big victory for my brother who's watching along in uh, in the stadium in Rome wow um, right, so we, we've done, in the past couple of pods doing this, we've done uh, Brolly moment. So who's the Wally with the Brolly? Who's been daft this week? I'll tell you mine. Go on. Pogba, right? Pogba <laughs> scored a worldie. It was one of the best goals I've ever seen. And he knew it. And he put in the biggest, most arrogant, smug celebration. And I think as part of it, despite the fact that he... Uh, doesn't want to be associated with alcohol, quite rightly, because it's religious beliefs. I'm sure as part of it, and people could correct me if I'm wrong, he looked like he was insinuating an injection in his arms in like, hook me up to that, it was that good. Kind of I don't know, I might be being really out of order, but his whole dance, the routine, and then they lost. Yeah, I'm with you on that completely. And someone on the radio said it, that they were having far too much fun when they were 3-1 ahead, and it meant that they completely lost the game as a result of that. And that was probably the pinnacle moment of it so yeah unlucky 
I, I mean, the whole thing around inject into my veins, inject some of that misery into my veins, you know. The dentist chair moment, the moment that's really stood out. I'll let you come on to talking about Wembley because I'm sure that's going to be thing. I mean, Monday was a great day of football. Those two, three alls, like cracking, cracking games of football. It was literally, I think the people who were so upset about Tuesday, not upset, I mean, like saying, oh, it was a bit dull and no, I wasn't really sure. We played a deliberate cagey game against someone and it's how we were set up. Those two games on Monday were hell for leather, let's see how this goes. And it was a great advert for football. So I think, think Magic Monday is my dentist chair moment. The whole thing is great. I have a different um, dentist chair moment. But on that, I would say if we had have gone down 1-0 quite early on against Germany, I would have expected us to open up massively and try and go at them. And then you you potentially then get a game that is is a high-scoring affair. And... Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we were more pragmatic in our approach because I don't think I could take going into a extra time or penalties. It just yeah, yeah, I can't hack it. Plan Plan A worked. We never had to see Plan B because Plan B, if we were trailing, is hook one of those holding midfielders and switch it about a bit. So you bring on Grealish, Foden, and yeah. B that you switch it into a more front foot. Yeah, and I, and I think yeah, and I think it would work. We'd get goals, but what do you do by opening the hole up in midfield? Probably cause yourself a, a world of problems. You expose yourself to stuff like Sterling passing it straight through to them. Yeah, and, exactly, uh, exactly. To be fair, that could have been my that could even be right up there with the dentist chair moment when he went through and he mullered it past the post. Sterling dropped to his knees. I don't know if you saw it on TV. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and. Uh, and they all picked him up and I, and I kind of thought, oh, come on, you know, these things happen. He actually, he dropped to his knees when he, he, so he put his head on his hands when he played the pass and when he missed it, he dropped to his knees in sheer relief. Yeah. No, I got to spend yesterday like going on Die Welt and other German <laughs> sites to read the German take on it all. What's the, uh, their reaction. what's the German for Schadenfreude, Paul? <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Did you understand it all? Did you, you know I don't speak German. <laughs> Did you have uh, Google Translate on? Oh. It translates it automatically anyway. Brilliant. Which is worse because obviously some of the phrases just don't translate into English. So it's just hilarious. I can't remember the example, but it's just, it's it's such a funny phrase that just makes no sense in, it's about fraud anyway. So oh, uh, Before I say my dentist chair moment, uh, it, it was quite, there was a family that got, that came into the tube station as we arrived at Wembley Park and they were all, they were a German family and the sheer noise that they were intimidated by. They had like German shirts on quickly, quickly did up their jackets, put their head up so they weren't spotted and I, I kind of felt for them. They were, a, they were a very small minority. But yeah, dentist chair, for me and probably for a lot of Leeds fans, I think it was the moment Calvin Phillips smashed his way through Kai Havertz. It was uh, absolutely beautiful, and uh, when he upended Havertz, for me it was a uh, it was double points he was scoring. He was he was smashing a German player who also plays for Chelsea, and uh, I think it was the wry little look to the screen and like look around as if ah, what yeah, that's just a normal tackle that yeah. There was no follow through. It was marvelous. It was like seeing David Batty on a field again. I think the best bit of that is that you you told him that as well, didn't you on uh, on Instagram? <laughs> and uh, and he liked it. 
He did. He did. He liked of the pod. He liked it. He's not condoning violence. He's just liking the post. That's all it is. He's just liking our excitement about his performance. Exactly. Because he's a lovely lad. He's a lovely lad that loves upending German Chelsea players. Everyone does. Everyone loved it. It's a great clip. He's got that for the rest of his life. And again, you could have the clips of his mum in the crowd going mental, around, surrounded by the Oxford. Ah, it was amazing. You could, yeah. like, you, we will be able to dine, on that, dine out on that regardless because it was amazing. But I say, let's get back together after the quarterfinals and hopefully we've got something else to be shouting about. Right, well, I hope you're enjoying the tournament. I'm sure you are. And I hope you're enjoying maybe a little bit of good weather. We're getting towards the summer. Enjoying the bits of clips of pre-season and cardigan wearing Bamfords for no good reason because it's nice and warm. Enjoy it all. We'll be back after the uh, quarterfinals and hopefully we'll be preparing for a Wembley semi-final. Oh. Ah! Oh. Network.